Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field, going back to Sayre, and Tennessee can say hello win column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind, and I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Rid it to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, December 16th. It is a strength, first off, exciting. I mean, everyone obviously is going to get excited for that with National Signing Day that happened this week, but a strangely quiet week. And maybe it's because the matchup isn't as exciting the past two years, but a strangely quiet week for a Tennessee Memphis game on Saturday. Yeah, I think it was. <clears throat> Maybe they put some doubt in the us Tennessee fans because of because they beat Alabama. Maybe. Oh, oh! So you you're putting this all on Memphis. I I feel like Tennessee's been quiet too. So you, I mean, it's, it's just hadn't. I felt like there's been a lot of trash talk. There's been a lot of and and Memphis just like you said they did have a great great night on Tuesday against Alabama, but. I don't know. It just it hadn't felt like the past two years. This rivalry felt really, really exciting and fun. It just hadn't like it doesn't it doesn't feel like that for some reason. I'm excited for it. There's just something. I don't know what's missing. Penny's not running his mouth. I guess. I, I think you'll get your fix on Saturday. I have a feeling. <laughs> I hope so. Because uh, uh, I, I think it's a great. I mean, Rick Barnes mentioned it's it's great for the state of Tennessee. Um, it's great for Tennessee. It's great for Memphis. Like, especially like this this one specifically is cool. Because um, it's the final game of the three-game series, you you had Memphis, Knoxville, and now they're playing in Nashville at Bridgestone. Like that's that's a cool cool way to kind of conclude. I mean, I hope it doesn't conclude the entire series, but the the original contract and um, to to go play in Bridgestone and and actually that's the side of the SEC uh, tournament is Rick Barnes is going to get some reps in before the seasons here or before the postseasons here. Yeah, there you go. Get used to that court. <laughs> Felt like he, he he's like I shoot terrible at neutral site courts. Um, the one of a very important neutral site tournament is in Bridgestone. We're gonna go sh- get a couple shoot arounds at Bridgestone before March. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Check out them the mat if they got the Madison Square Garden rims up. Um, oh God, want to avoid that? Please, God, no. <laughs> Be a long night. Tennessee did bounce back, and we of course we'll discuss um, basketball win plus that. Like I said, that upcoming Memphis game that I am excited for is just. Feels like something's not there. I'm sorry. I felt like I brought it down. I felt like I brought the mood down. I apologize. Don't worry. We will talk National Signing Day. Oh. I'm a. I, I told. I text Landon this. It's like it's it's. I don't want to get excited. I don't know if it's because I've been hurt so many times. I'm I'm trying to not excited. I, I do. I'm excited and I want to get excited. I don't want to get like. I, I want to stay away from hopeful. <laughs> like I want to avoid hope. But I feel like Tennessee did really good. And of course, we'll talk about all those guys that are in the. Uh, in the national or who, who signed with Tennessee or uh, I don't think Tennessee did t- Tennessee didn't have anybody push, push their signing back. Right. That was important. That wasn't quite on there. You know, Tennessee was on their radar, but 
Yep. I mean, no one, no one's everybody who was supposed to sign signed. Um, so yeah, that was a, but I mean, even for like Tennessee, a, pro- a prospect, a Tennessee prospect that was going to sign with another school, Tennessee didn't have anything like that. Like, uh, Kentucky had, had a prospect. I think he ended up signing today. It was very weird. I mean, he acted like he couldn't make up his mind if he wanted to be there or not. So that, I mean, that has transfer portal written all over it to me. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe though, if you can get him on campus, like in, in January, I don't know if he's an early enrollee or not. Maybe you can like solidify that a little bit more because if you wait until June uh, for him to get him on campus, he ain't showing up. No. <laughs> like that's not happening. No. So. No, but uh, no, we will talk about uh, some of that, and then um, there's some really know, good stories that came out yesterday. Yeah, the oh. the Frank or Frank, uh, the Shane Beamer story. Did you see that? I, we'll get uh, into it. It's in yeah. what's trending. I, I got plenty. Okay. There, there was a lot of stories that came up yesterday. It was pretty funny. Cool. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's talk. Let's talk National Sign Day. Let's get into the meat meat of the uh, the episode here and. Uh, like I said, I mean, it's it's just hard for – I mean, it's hard not to get excited. I, I'm not saying Josh Heupel did fan, like did wonderful. I'm, I'm not even, like, willing to say he exceeded expectations because I, I don't know if any Tennessee coach should have lower than, you know, top 20, top 15, no matter the year, expectations at Tennessee. I mean, that's the thing about every coach that's coached at Tennessee, excuse me. They always say it's so easy to sell this place. <laughs> I'm like, that's just funny because like you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't get a guy. But right. it is. I mean, it's, it's easy to sell this place. I, I, I do just laugh about that. But I say all that to say I, I'm, I'm not. Whereas I feel like he did kind of exceed expectations in the season. I'm not willing to say that so far for recruiting, just because I feel like where Tennessee's at, that should be Tennessee in a bad year. Yeah, I just look at it as far as like I mean, he had ten and a half months to not only put a class together, but rebuild the recruiting office. Like, there was no one left. Um, so, for him to do that in, in ten and a half months, and I think the way that they closed, the way, you know, yesterday played out, I think he probably mm-hmm. exceeded expectations for me. You know, maybe not in-state wise, but I think out of state, I, I think you got to look at it as a win. Um, you got to look at it as – there, there's something to this culture. I, I know, like, people keep saying, yeah, it's a family atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I, I think Josh Heupel even says, you know, yesterday in his press conference that that gets overused. But it, it's – it just feels like, I mean, you're not losing anybody. You know, no, the season ended. No one has entered the transfer portal as of yet. So, I mean, it just seems like there's something different. Um, now, again, I'm not I'm not like Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker claiming that, hey, let, let's go make it to Atlanta. Cool. If that's your goal, yeah, let's do it. Um, it should be I'm, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not setting that as an expectation. But, uh, you know, I think yesterday was really good because it, you always heard Josh Heupel can coach offense. He can score points. Um, you know, we beat the people we were supposed to beat this season. Could he recruit? I think that was the biggest question for me when he got the job. Can he recruit at this level? Um, and, and maybe is he probably the top recruiter? Probably not. But um, I think he has a staff that does a really good job. Um, and I think that that kind of proved yesterday on how they finished, how they closed. You know, going 100 days without a single commit in the fall, which is wild. 
and then getting eight commits here in the last, you know, less than a month, uh, I think was huge for this program, huge for this class. And they addressed every need. Um, they got they got a quarterback. They got a running back. Uh, or they got a quarterback in Taven Jackson. They got a running back in Dylan Sampson. They got a bigger back in Justin Williams yesterday. They got uh, wide receivers. They got speed. They got guys on the outside. Caleb Webb, Cam Miller, uh, Squirrel White who is going to be a fan favorite just because of his name. Um, Chaz Nimrod, you got offensive line. You got Another a guy that can – by the way. Oh, yeah, Nimrod. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and Chaz. That, I think it's that. Charles, but Chaz. Chaz is a better name. Um, so, uh, Addison Nichols, you got offensive line. Addison Nichols, a guy that can probably help you right now. Um, he, he's that big. He's that – you know, seems to be college-ready, smart. Um you got some projects in Messiah Reddick, Mo Clipper, um, Brian Grant. Some of those guys haven't played a lot of football, so you can kind of mold them into the offensive linemen you want them to be. You got some defensive linemen. You got Tyree West yesterday, Rodney Garner, doing what Rodney Garner does. And then you got Jordan Phillips, who is out of the state of Florida, who's already on campus, already enrolled, um, already practicing. Um, you'll get some guys that will um, be with him very shortly. I think Tyree West, Justin Williams will be two of those guys that will – um, bowl practice as well. Can't play in it, but we'll um, <laughs> get their feet wet a little bit. You got some linebackers, Elijah Harry and Caleb Perry. Um, ed- dominant edge rushers. Guys that are big, long, um, and James Pierce and uh, and jo- Joshua Josephs. You got some DBs you added late. Christian Harrison, um, Jordan Thomas, and uh, Des Williams. So, uh, yeah, just a really good class all around. Again, does it meet I think they they addressed everything. I, I don't think it's – I think it helped from a depth perspective. Uh, but you're still going to want to add guys in the portal, guys that can help right away. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is a, a great class. you got 13 guys that are going to enroll early. So, um, again, mentioning getting their feet wet, getting ahead of the game and, and doing that, I think it's huge. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about this class. And, uh, you know, I know – People are going to look at it, yeah, we'll see next year. But does this class not get even better when you're able to, you know, kind of sell your vision to some in-state prospects? I mean, you only had two of the top 30 in-state. You had five of the top 30 in the state of Georgia um, sign with you. So I think this in-state class only gets better. And, you know, you got some connections in Atlanta. Rodney Garner is a guy that – has a ton of connections in that area. Whether he's the primary recruiter or not, he can get people in the door. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think this is legit. The Josh Heupel can't recruit crowd had a bad day yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'll, I'll, before I just talk about individual guys, um, I mean, yes, Josh Heupel has done a good job, especially kind of considering where they were at. You mentioned the recruiting office being empty, unlike any other. But, I mean, I think good job's about – like, it's exciting. I think they did good, but it could be better, a lot better. I mean, and I know he was kind of behind the eight ball, but at the same time, Tennessee's easy to sell. Um, and a lot of those guys were in-state, unfortunately. But you mentioned it last week. Some of those guys didn't even give them a chance. I think I think Tennessee's and their – I think the Tennessee staff did a good job. Um, I think you've got to improve from here on out, and I think you've got to do your best. I know a lot of those guys signed yesterday – or yesterday – but you also got to do your best to see if you can add to this class important pieces, but just talent. I mean, there's talent's also lack. I mean, not lacking as much as just depth at positions, but it's lacking. 
Um, so I mean, go. I mean, you did with Tyree West. See if you can surprise some teams, and and, and we'll be talking about exceeding expectations. I, like I said, I think here is where you're like, that's a good job. That's Tennessee. Um, you know, Tennessee in their worst year, and and adding to the transfer portal, you may increase that. So like, there's ways for this this class to improve, and I think Tennessee's done a decent job in the transfer portal so far. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what they do there too. Uh, I like what you said though about we, me and you texted this, like they address needs. Like you, you went out and you got position and needs and you got at a lot of those position needs, you got, um, some really good players. Um, I mean the James Pierce one, I saw a lot of people saying that's, and I know he's, he's a lower, lower rated than Tyree West. Um, and, but they play two different positions. And I think the edge, just the edge rush having a guy like James Pierce is a lot of people are excited to add that dynamic especially Byron Young, um, who just got better at each game. So, I mean, like addressing a ton of those needs um, with, at running back two, not just not just one running back, though, two really good running backs you're bringing into this class. Um, nothing against the guys on campus, but not only do you, you know, you have a guy leaving that was, you know, your number two, number one, whatever you want to call him, in the top two, um, but you have him leaving. There's not a ton of speed there right now. Um, but I mean, that was huge to add those running backs. And then, um, you mentioned, a, a uh, defensive back too. I mean, you went out, I feel like they were, you mentioned people hating recruiting crowd. There's one guy who hates Willie Martinez specifically. I feel like that's a bad day for him. <laughs> oh mean, yeah. Bad Willie Martinez did. I mean, he's had what three defensive backs in the last like two weeks. Right. So, um, that, yeah, that's a, <laughs> no, I, I, th- I thought, Tennessee did good. Like I said, I'm excited. I'm just trying to be careful about hopeful. That's it. That's my yeah. fan perspective. Like, <laughs> don't get hopeful. Yeah, there's always that Tennessee PTSD um, going on, and, and then you know you, you got to find that happy medium. You gotta, you got, you can't be too negative. You got to be excited, um, but you can't be too excited where you know you're gonna be let down if you know you don't make it to Atlanta. Um, yeah. I do like, <laughs> I do I like having the. Uh-huh the billboard going toward Atlanta or going. Yeah, that's uh, I guess Tennessee is, we talked about this with jokingly uh, when, when Pruitt recruited pretty good out of Georgia and North Carolina, we were like, what were the two States that, you know, that, that 98 roster was made up of. <laughs> and that was, yeah. you know, that was North Carolina and Georgia. So that's funny to see him going back into Georgia. That billboard was um, awesome. I hope somehow, I mean, I know there's not a ton of talent around Athens, but that would be a nice troll job to see if you could get a billboard in Athens as well. Um, Atlanta's good. It doesn't just, it just doesn't stick it to them. Like I want it to, you know? Yeah, it could. I mean, (laughs) Georgia Tech doesn't give a crap. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. But, but that's where Georgia gets a lot of their, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's from that area, the Marietta, um, Hill Grove, you know, Grayson, you know, just around that areas. So yeah, I think, I think that's, that's kind of a troll job. Um, that, that's also where, hey, we're putting our flag down in the city of Atlanta. Um, thanks to Rodney right, Garner. <laughs> Wait, what? I said, all right, Baker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what we're doing, putting our flag down. Um, yeah, I like it. I, I think, you you know, again, got to do better in state. Um, but, yeah, a lot of that this year was, you know, you had one guy go to the highest bidder, and then you had other guys who were committed. Um pretty much before the staff got put in place. And then they didn't really give the staff a chance to really get on campus, really show what they could do. So it is what it is. You, you got Cam Miller 
Um, one of the best players in the state of Tennessee. You got Elijah Herring, who his brother, um, part of that 2023 class, is uh, the number one player in the state of Tennessee. So um, you, you probably, I would say, probably lead for him. You know, you you never you never say it's a, a done deal, with, with, right. especially if you're talking about Tennessee. But um, you you like what you have there, and you know, with this class, I think it's a good starting point. Um, you know, you're you're not going to win a national championship on one class, um, but it's going to be multiple classes down the road that wins you a national championship. Again, going back to '98, I mean, it wasn't just that team; it was the teams that you know before them prepared them to the, to get to that point. Um, so, I mean, that, that's what you got to do. You got to stack classes, and you know that that's what we'll kind of wait and see with Josh Heupel. How good of a recruiter is he? I think time will tell, but uh, I think this is a great start um, for him and his staff and a huge win yesterday getting those three guys where it looked like you might just get Justin Williams. Um, it looks like James Pierce maybe wouldn't sign early, but uh, you lock down those three guys, all three four stars, and you solidified a consensus, consensus sorry, consensus top 15 team, or top 15 class. So got to be happy with that. Again, the people in front of you, Texas A&M, I mean, good Lord, NCAA, how are you not knocking on their door? And how are we, how are we still not talking about I, – I know I brag on Texas A&M a lot, but it makes me so mad that people are like, I mean, what would y'all really do, go 7-5? and five? What did Texas A&M do? They went 8-4, and four, they beat Bama, and they beat Auburn, and then they lost everybody else in the West. I mean – that was that was a 2016 Tennessee choke job. That's what that was. Yeah, that was um, that's an impressive just way to play your seat. Like it, it's it's impressive in like how you did it. How I mean, Alabama. I assume they have the highest odds to win the national championship. I mean, they're number one. They're you know yeah, I mean, plus like 120 or something. Yeah, it's like that. You beat the eventual national championship and lost to LSU and Arkansas, Mississippi State. Mississippi State. <laughs> like, that's in- incredible. And it it's funny, you know, Jimbo's a really good recruiter. Like, I mean, that, like, and I'm not saying he doesn't also have the money to back it up. I mean, where he recruited well was FSU and AM now. It's just, it's funny that he's recruiting this well, but he's not had the success. That he, you know, that he replicated at FSU. I know that fell off, but he's, I mean, he won a national championship. Like, let's, I, we laugh at FSU, but at least they won a national championship like eight years ago and not, you know, 20. So right. I'm, I, I do not envy them. Or I mean, I do envy them. Um, I would take that if it meant a national championship. Does that not, does that not tell you, hey, or does it not solidify, hey, quarterback is the most important position in all? Because I mean, that's what they've lacked. I mean, Kellen Mond was good, but he wasn't Bryce Young to Jalen Hurt. He wasn't any of those guys. Right. I mean, they did have one guy, Kyler Murray, and then he transferred to Oklahoma and won a Hodgson. (laughs) So, I mean, they they just can't get it right. I think it's kind of similar to Georgia. They can't get the quarterback position right. Yeah, which is a really – I think – I don't know. I mean, I think you'll – I mean, you'll definitely find out next year, like if that's just a place quarterbacks go to die. Um like maybe like Matt Stafford has just willed his way to a career. And I mean, it's a good career because of the teams he played on, but he he's probably going to look back 15 years and be like, why did I play for the Lions that long? Yeah. <laughs> and oh, it sure. started dying in Georgia. So, 
yeah. it's Georgia's fault that he got stuck with the Lions um, <laughs> forever. Uh, like I'm, I'm, and what's funny is like he goes to the Rams, and the Rams become very Lion esque. Oh yeah, he he's stuck. He's stuck. Even I don't know. All right. Anyways, <laughs> um, I was about to go on. Yeah, they have all the talent, and COVID destroys them. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But no, I yeah. This uh, I mean, hopefully Tennessee moves up. I I don't know how you can, um, just because not a lot of time left, um, or scholarships left. But it would be uh, it'd be nice to somehow see him move up, and that 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 requires one or two really big guys that that you get. So um, I think you're sixth in the SEC right now. I was say, um, yeah. You're fourteenth on two four seven. I think you're eleventh on rivals. I mean, golly, I need to go to Rivals. What's the SEC ranking look like over there? Uh, probably. Teams in the top ten. The top teams in the top ten. That's insane. Oops. That's, I mean, that. Yeah, I know you want to talk about NIL deals later. I mean, golly. Yeah. The SEC is thriving. <laughs> Even more now. Um Oh, for sure. I mean, he had Cade Mays say he wants fourth-round money to come back to Tennessee. I'm like, good God, who's giving you that? He he said that? Yeah, on Tennessee Prime that, you know, he was looking to get around that. I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe he just said that. Maybe it's looking for something maybe in the ballpark. Of, I don't know. But I was like, that's like what? I'm looking it up. $1.6 million? Because I think you get a million-dollar signing bonus. 1.5 million, something like that. I mean, um, like, who is throwing that? It can't be Comcast because, good God. It is Comcast. Oh Think about it. They save all their money by not, by not having not a customer service. And you, you know, you're all still paying for it. So, yeah, they don't have a customer service office. Um, they don't take phone calls. So, yeah, I don't know who works in that building. They just have a bunch of tech guys come out like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you have to schedule it out like two months in advance to even get a guy to come to your house. And, you know, it's 50 50 if he makes it or not. So, <laughs> uh, so it depends on what Kate Mays meant. If he meant that he wants the full four year, um, that would be $4.1 million before the full rookie deal from a fourth. I think he was talking about a year. Okay. So it says this is some website. I'm not checking the validity of it. I'm just going to repeat it. It's like a million just, dollars. Y'all can decide. Um, 814000 to 733000 um, that does include their signing bonus. That's a lot of dough. That's a lot of dough. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe I don't know. I haven't listened to it. So I, I saw where he said he hadn't decided. But um, here's my question: If he said that, and if he knows what it is, because we don't, obviously, um, I feel like he's got to be making good money now. Yeah, like, like I mean, I'm like not saying, decent. I'm he's not probably doing. He's, he's doing all right. <laughs> he has to, like. I feel like if you're gonna say that, that means you have to think you have a chance of making seven hundred thousand dollars. So I mean, I feel like that means it. he's in that ballpark. <laughs> let's look at it like this: it, Travis Hunter, the number one. No, I know we're gonna talk about this, but Travis Hunter got over a million dollars to go to Jackson State. Pretty much, he was the number one player in the country. So I mean, like. He's getting that money. Like who? Who's paying? Wait, wait, wait. Do you say so? Is that? I don't think that report's true. Oh, is it not? I thought it was. No, no, I don't think so. 
why, why the hell else would you go to? I mean, there's something going on. Why the hell else would you go to Jackson oh, State? I'm sure he's getting an. I'm sure he's getting an NLI deal. But here, here's my question: Would you? Because I was thinking about it. All right. So, I mean, if you believe what Deion Sanders is selling in the HBCU, like this is going to be, and the SWAC, I believe, is what they're in. They're trying to get to FBS level. Which I think is stupid. Just play the FCS, but make sure you can play for a championship right now. The way your program stands, but they're trying to play move up to FBS. But if you believe the vision Dion's selling, and then there's been greats come out of HBCU, um, and then you get some NLI money on top of that. Like I'm not saying you even match what Florida State's is, or maybe you match Florida State's, and then you get to play for Deion Sanders. You have the connections to the NFL. Um, more than likely, I mean. I don't like. Do you trust what's going on at FSU in terms of stability over what's going on? And and I'm saying, take away everything. You just compare the programs, take away the level they play at. You're making the same amount of money, and you look at the stability of the program. Like, am I going to play for a different coach in three years or in two years? I'd go with Jackson State in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, no one took more L's yesterday than Florida State. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean. Roddy Palmer dunked on them, and then Travis Hunter and Deion Sanders, who actually went to college there, dunked on them. So, but I mean, I think if you, I think if you are NFL talent, if you go to Jackson State and play under Deion Sanders and his staff, you won't have any problem getting the NFL. Like it won't change anything for you. No, I like I understand it more than I feel like people are thinking it is impossible anyone would ever do that. I think it's an, it's it's very very rare. I think it's going to come less rare if the vision Dion selling it, you know comes to fruition. But I get it, and I I mean I just I don't think it's as absurd as people were making it out to be. Also, Dion went to Florida State. I'm not saying Dion recruited dirty. Maybe he did, but like if he wants to, if you want to, if anyone can sell against FSU right now, I feel like it's Dion, who apparently did interview for the job. Yeah, you didn't hire him. I mean, <laughs> Florida State, you dug your own grave on that one. So, I I, mean, I, I just don't think – like, I feel like that also was just, like, the perfect storm to get the number one guy from your alma mater who apparently interviewed you, didn't hire you. I, I don't know. just feels – it feels poetic. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I know we but, just got a text saying that Travis Hunter didn't get paid anything to go to Jackson State from Chad. Yeah, he didn't get no. paid anything. Oh, I mean, I'm sure he's. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He makes it to the league. Um, he's the number one player in the country. He's probably, you know, there's a reason why he was projected. You know, they do that projections off. You know, if they're going to have a good NFL career, yeah, he's probably going to make it to the league. Um, I just don't. Oh well, like it, it, it is what it is. Like that's that's the nil. That's that's recruiting. Um, yeah. Well, it it's just funny. People are saying nil can't, you know, isn't going to add parity, and it's like, ah, well, I mean, the number one player in the nation just went to a Division One FCS school. Yeah. So, and, and those and schools, like even... I, I know Dion's there. I know Dion's got plenty of money. He's got bars, whatever. But. Florida State's got more money than Jackson State and Dion does. I guarantee. Oh, I mean, yeah, they do. It's just you also got to have the commitment level because that's another thing. A lot of these small schools, if they have the commitment level, like in Texas, if 
Houston has a commitment level. The money's there. They yeah. can recruit with anybody in the country, like Texas A&M. It's just if they, you know, you got to have the commitment. And I don't know if, if I don't know how big Florida State's commitment is right now, and especially under Mike Norvell, who like a year ago they wanted to fire. <laughs> right. And they yeah. give a contract extension. But, no, what I think Chad was talking about, too, is everyone's saying it was a barstool offer. And Dave and Big Cat were like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I feel like they would know. And I also don't understand how it would grow their brand any. So, well, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And, and I mean, Dion can find out how to Dion can find out how to get one point five million dollars without Barstool Sports, anyways. So, oh yeah, nothing against Barstool Sports out of his pocket. Yeah, I mean, he hired him, freaking, Dion Sanders. He had a freaking Instagram model come talk to their team, and it was just like a birds and the bees talk that like you have with your son. Kind of, you're like, yeah, hey, it's very strange. Hey, don't don't do it, or if you do do it, just make sure you use protection because we don't want babies around. It was kind of like that talk. Yeah, that was that was very weird. Um, whatever. Did you do any research on that girl? Like, do you know who she is? No, I don't know who she is. So I read I read about her because I was in. I feel like I, I should mean, know who she is. Um, no, you 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 sh- well, you <laughs> may. Like, it, it, I feel like you think it was an adult film star. It wasn't that? Um, no, but she wouldn't she, be against it either. I can't remember what NBA player it was, but. I think she said, like, on a podcast, like, openly to, um, like, that she married this NBA player, maybe didn't marry him, just had his baby, and she's living off the child support. What? Like, that's her job in her eyes. And she talked to a football team. So, apparently, Dion got her in there and was like, don't, like, these are the kind of girls that will come after you when you have money. Be smart. That's why I said it was like the birds and the bees. It's like, hey, don't be this girl. Don't like, get with crazy's, this girl. Exactly, crazy's fun. Well, I think she came in and was like, "Here's what these type of girls will do." Because I'm the one. Listen to me. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't know, Landon. If you had a, a hot girl come into your sex ed class and was like, "Hey, don't do it." Yeah, I mean. That'd be more convincing than some like. Are those guys ugly, listening ugly to what she's dude? saying, or are they just looking at her? They were laughing, so I mean, she oh yeah, they're laughing because they're like, "What the <laughs> hell? What is this? What's about to go down?" Yeah, that was just—I um, don't know. If it was my program, I wouldn't do that. But hey, Dion—it seems to be working for him. He got the number one player in the country, so it seems to be working just okay for him. So, okay, so she said in 2018, athletes are really dumb, and women can get paid by having babies with them because they don't use protection. So, yeah. I don't. I mean, hey, they're out there. Wear cups, athletes. Um, Chad, Chad bought me for knowing about her. I didn't know about her before. Also, I also, don't know what an Instagram. I don't know what an Instagram model is. Aren't we all kind of Instagram models? Like, there's pictures of all of us on Instagram. Yeah, but we don't get paid. What separates? I might. <laughs> you might. I mean, hey, dude, you got to. What is it? But I could still be an Instagram model if it was maybe maybe I do it as an amateur for the NCAA. Gail's an Instagram model, everybody. It's, oh, it's amateur. Amateur deal. <laughs> We're still working on the NL, NLI rights over here on, on this side of the, the athletics. Get him so sponsored. Do it. 
Um, I don't post on Instagram enough. Maybe I need to start. What? Um, so, twenty twenty two class superlatives. Would you Would you have in mind here? What are we what are we going for? I, I think we'll start with all name. <laughs> we kind of mentioned those already, but all name. I got to go squirrel man. I mean, the yeah, man, Tennessee has its own mascot already that wears the helmet at the football game. Yeah, that's true. Squirrel true. white. I've uh, I'm kind of torn on this. I, I mean, the name's not you know super unique or anything, but Tyree, I like the way it's spelled. Very simple okay. and to the point. I don't know if that's all name team, but I mean, I, I'll go with my favorite. It's it's Chaz Nimrod. Yeah, I like that. That that's I mean that's easy all team name. Um, let's go biggest impact. And Joe, I don't know if you prepare for this, but you can come in here too if you want to. Um. Biggest impact next season. Who has the biggest impact? Hmm. Me, I, I think it's the Juco guy. I think it's uh, Desmond Williams. Um, led the nation in picks in, in junior college. And, um, you know, I think he has two years left. So, he is experienced, you know, when it comes to, you know, playing at the college level. So I'm going to go with Desmond Williams. I think Tennessee needs, you know, they lose Elante Taylor. Um, they could lose Trayvon Flowers. I'm not sure what. I guess he's leaving. Um, and then Theo Jackson. So I think he has a chance to really play. Also, he's a good returner as well, so he could help in the return game. So I'm going to go with Desmond Williams as a, a guy that probably plays quite a bit next season. I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of torn on – on uh on this one and it's I think I would easily say Addison Nichols if you kind of knew what that offensive line for sure looked like next year um you have Cade Mays potentially returning and um who am I who am I thinking about that did they get the medical red shirt are they gonna get it who am I thinking um oh uh Calvert Calvert Aaron have they have they said um, I mean, he sure? he has one. He could come back. Okay. He just okay. um, it's uh, it's up to him if he comes back so, or not. You know, so that could impact it. And so I'm kind of hesitant on on Addison Nichols because I think it's going to be a lot about need. Um, but you mentioned it when you talked about him. He he looks college ready. He's he's big. He's strong. Um, and coaches like you know kind of how he understands the game too. So I think if if that needs there, I think he's going to be an immediate impact. Um. But I, I think without kind of knowing, I, I think James, the guy I talked about being the most exciting um, signee of yesterday, and that, that's James Pierce. They talk about a guy that looks college ready. He could probably get bigger, um, you know, but that that can happen very easily in a college weight room. Um, I think Tennessee needs a lot of help in edge ed rush. And, and I believe, did I see rumors about Tyler Barron going into the portal? Is that true? I mean, that, that's a rumor, it. but he was on Tennessee Prime, and, you know, he's been practicing, so – I I don't see it as of now. Right. But that adds that need for edge rush. Um, but it's kind of been by committee until Byron Young kind of came into his own. So I think he adds – I think he'll he'll have a, a pretty big impact in season one. Yeah. Joe, you got any? Uh, I was kind of in the same, same party with the Addison Nichols. Like I felt in terms of building blocks, he was, you know, big, ready. It's kind of seemed called ready in the same, same manner. I know it's kind of the generic answer, but like that, just in terms of like the question at hand, like that just seems the most stereotypical answer. But yeah, that's one of those those positions and those players that it might not be the most like upfront visually, 
you know, in terms of um, most important. But when it comes down to it, as Caleb said, if that's the position that is needs work, that's somewhere that we can definitely find it with him in that position. Yeah, um, I like all those. Also, I think Justin Williams has a chance to play. Um, I, I mentioned he's a different kind of running back, already six foot, 205. Um, not been in a college weight room yet. So I, I like, you know, him being Tyon Evans-esque. You know, Jalen Wright and, and Jabari Small are going to play. I think Tennessee definitely needs a third back, a guy that can um, hit it in short yardage. And uh, I think Justin Williams kind of fits that mold. So, uh, you know, I think he was a big pickup yesterday. And he, he just seems like a monster. Yeah, I mean, he was wearing, like – Black and silver, just like the Ra- South Paulding are the Raiders or East Paulding. Um, so I mean, he was already in Raiders gear, so he, he just looked like an NFL player on his highlight tape. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things that, like, I, I mean, I had him on my most important too, just because as it becomes less apparent that Zach Evans will obviously be a Tennessee, and you know, with Tyon Evans out, we we talked about a couple episodes ago that that's that that gap that we need to fill, and obviously he's not going to come in and be the the star running back, I would assume, like and any of the star back. But um I think adding that depth and someone that's proven I mean he's got pretty good highlights and stuff. So I think having that depth in the backfield will, will be um pretty big for us. Just again, it's not gonna be that, that key player that we would have wanted out of you know Zach Evans, but it, it's it's helpful. Yeah. Um next one for me, biggest get. So I guess like biggest surprise um in this class. Tyree West. Yeah. Yeah. Be Tyree West. <laughs> um, you know, there was really kind of nothing on that front. He did take his last official visit to Tennessee that last weekend, and uh, it looked like he was headed for FSU. And, again, FSU just took a lot of L's yesterday, and uh, Rodney Gardner closed that one. You hate to see it. Um, next one, guy you're most excited for. Let's Let's do offense and defense. We'll go offense on this one. Um, the first one I got, I got Caleb Webb. Um, I think <laughs> – sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go first so we don't take yours next time. Um, I'm going to go Caleb Webb, 6'3", um, physical receiver, guy that just blew up his senior year. You know, Cody Burns was talking about him, and he just seems ecstatic to have him on campus. Um, one of the best players in the state of Georgia. And, um, you know, had 18 touchdowns in 7A football. And can return. And uh, take it to the house, runs a sub-11, 100-meter dash. So, I I'm a, I played receiver in college, so I'm, I, I got to pick a receiver. That's what I'm excited for. Receivers, receivers, receivers. And speed. Speed kills. Doesn't back kill. Um, I've, so, I'm going to break. You probably meant most excited for next year. I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm looking into the future here. Yeah, I'm excited I'm about most Jackson. excited to have on campus. It doesn't happen. Okay, okay. Year. I think this is a. I think Tavian Jackson. First off, they they were, they knew who their guy was kind of right when they started. Um, when did when did he actually commit? I feel like it was pretty early on. Um, like when did he commit to Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, like in the summer. So like, I, yeah, I feel like that was a you know, they went out, they got the guy they wanted. Um, you know, I'm sure they would have liked to have the in-state kid who's going to Alabama. Um, but you know, beyond that kind of went out and identified him, uh, like I said, committed early on, like, and then I think he gets to come into a better situation than maybe he thought 
having Hendon Hooker, <clears throat> um, we, we talked about how impressive he's been this year. So to get behind him for a year, a lot of talent, seems to mesh well with the staff, kind of be on the same page so far. Um, I'm really excited to see how he progresses because he's probably your starter in 2023 as it stands today. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of on that same Caleb Webb. I mean, I'm basically everything Landon fits. It's just the most excited to see. I mean, we love we love a receiver, a good fit for a receiver, and obviously someone speed kills. It's nice to have playmakers on, you know, especially to – you know, depends how they get rotated and cycle next next year. But with Hen and Hooker back, it's just exciting to have the wide receivers filling for the ones that were that were losing after the season. Yeah, um, defense. How, how fast is Caleb Webb? He runs What's his 40? A ten, a forty. Oh, do you, oh, do you have his hundred time? Um, I can look that up. Oh, I thought you were like about to say it, so I, I didn't know. But I mean, this it. was his junior year, so I mean, like, right, uh, probably. So. uh you know, most of those receivers are track guys. Um, I know Squirrel is. I know Caleb is. I think Chaz Nimrod is. Um, Caleb Webb ran a 10-900. And that was in Asia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, he, I, uh, I he won a state the... title in uh, the 4 by one during his junior year. I feel like that's pretty impressive. And qualified for the state in 100 meter. Yeah, I feel like that. I mean, the state of Georgia, I got to think that's very impressive. Right. Ah, I'm so, it's, times are so weird. I don't understand them. All I watch is the Olympics when it comes to track, so I have no – I don't know. It's good. Um, defense, I'm going to go Joshua Josephs. I know people love the James Pierce. You know, he's a new kid on the block. I get it. Um, but Joshua Joseph's 6'3", 215, um, guy that can be a run stopper from uh, North Cobb um, in Kennesaw, Georgia. Um, you know, he was one that were kind of on him from the get-go as soon as the staff kind of took over. And, um, you know, I'm just glad that – I just love edge rushers on defense. You got to have them. Got to love them. I think that was something Tennessee could have used another one of those – last season um, to get to the quarterback. I'm not sure on what kind of – I know Tim Banks, love what you did. But can we get two pass rushers on the field at one time? I would like to see Tyler Barron <laughs> and Byron Young both playing at the same time. I 100% agree. Um, and I'm, I'm going with James Pierce for the same reason. I'm I, Now I'm, I went to long – you know, I was looking into the future um, with Tavian Jackson. I'm, I'm looking into now. I think James Pierce makes a, a very quick impact – um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm finding. Let's get some more, uh, especially on third down. Let's get some guys who can give it to the quarterback. Let's get third down for what? Let's get some sacks, baby. <laughs> I'm out on third um, down for what? James Pierce, 6'5", 220. He's massive. He's Jesus a big dude. Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big boy. I don't, I don't know who's gonna... faster. Oh, yeah, oh, God. That was what was funny was um, uh, I was listening to Arian Foster's podcast. And uh, he was talking about, he's like, people don't understand how fast like football players are. And, and then we're not just talking about like the 5'10 corner, the 6'5, 230, 40 pound linebacker defensive end is, is running a 4'7, a 4'8. Yeah, look at Aaron Donald. Doesn't he run like a 4'5? <laughs> he may. <laughs> it's, it is stupid. Oh, golly. 
Trevor said, uh, give me some Tyree West. I don't know what that was in reference to, which which superlative, but we'll go all for Trevor on Tyree yeah. West. It's all around. Just all <laughs> sign him up. We got him. So you got your wish, Trevor. Um, well, let's go. All right, if we were on Survivor Island and you had to kick one or one commit off Survivor. Oh, God. Who, Who's the smallest I'm just one? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You want to take out the biggest one. We're voting them off. We're, we're voting them off the island. They're going yeah. home. The biggest guy. Oh, it doesn't have to be. I'm just saying that that I think you're trying to survive against the others, not with the others. I mean, Masai Reddick's six, four and a half, three thirty. So I got to think he's probably the biggest guy. I, I you mentioned James Pierce. I think he's pretty quick at six five two twenty. I think I'm getting him off the island. Peace. He might help you out though. That's true. All right. So if I can't team up with him, if I can't, <laughs> yeah. if I can't create an alliance with him, I'll I'll kick him off. So. Um. Let's go. Underrated, Joe. We'll start with you since we've been taking all yours. <laughs> um, well, okay. I I originally had Caleb Webb, which I guess we've talked like plenty enough, and it's not for the simple. I mean, obviously he's got enough like hype coming in, but I feel like in terms of position he's in, I, I thought. I mean, like I felt like I took underrated as like not most impact, but like expectations for impact and what he actually exceeds on the impact for like in that, in that aspect. And I feel like he's going to have a way bigger impact than what people are giving him at front. Okay. Maybe not next year, but just in terms of like the future, I feel like. Yeah. I like that. Mm. Um, mine is uh, a guy that, you know, was kind of, uh, he was a Liberty commit and his dad played in the NFL. I, I just think he's going to be a solid corner. He, he just reminds me of Cam Sutton for some reason. Um, I don't even know if they're like size wise. I don't even know if they're really comparable, but he's six foot 183. He's kind of on the smaller side. I feel like Cam Sutton was on the smaller side. Um, that's Christian Harrison out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, cornerback, I mentioned his dad, Roddy, played in the NFL. So I, I, I just think he's a, you know, his recruitment kind of took off later than, um, you know, he probably expected it to. And, you know, you get a really good guy. Uh, a really talented corner out of that Atlanta area. And then, you know, his dad knows what it takes to get to the NFL. So I, I think Christian Harrison is definitely the, one of the more underrated guys on this uh, class. Yeah. I, I like both of those. And I was kind of leaning towards someone like Christian Harrison, just for the, the fact that you mentioned how late his recruitment picked up. Um, I, I don't know how fast he is. His, his tape, he looks real, really quick, really fast. Um, and then, you, I mean, you mentioned it just kind of – everything kind of happened later than, than normal for him. Um, so, I, I kind of lean towards towards Christian Harrison being, being my underrated guy as well. Okay. Um, I also want to kind of mention Brian Grant in that. Um, 6'6", 278, only played uh, football for two years um, out of uh, – Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I mean, the dude's a massive individual. Um, and he's all, probably only going to get bigger in a college weight room. But, I mean, 6'6", you add a couple more pounds on him. Um, super athletic kid. Uh, I think he played basketball. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but he played basketball. So, um, yeah, I think Brian Grant could be a guy that, you know, you, you, need, a ta- you need tackle bodies. You can't have enough of them. And, um, you know, you lose – 
you could lose Cade Mays this year. You could could lose him next year. So he's a guy that could really um, learn from him, learn from Darnell Wright, and, and they kind of mold him into somebody that you know can be a huge help going forward. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, let's go best position. Group? Yeah, yeah, group, sorry. God. I'll let one of you guys go. Um, I got to think of that linebacker edge rusher position, right? Maybe running back? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think I lean towards edge rusher, that, that mm-hmm. linebacker position. I, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, two four-star guys getting to the quarterback, um, big athletic guys. Very lengthy. Both of them lengthy. Yeah. I'm going to go running back. Getting two four-star running backs is um, huge. I feel like defense, it's a lot easier to kind of stack those positions, but on offense, you know, there's only one ball. Um, so, for, <laughs> for you to kind of stack that um, that class, getting four or two four-star running backs, two different running backs, um, Dylan Sampson, guy, you know, kind of that scat back track guy from Louisiana. And then you got uh, Justin Williams, who I mentioned is six foot 205 already. So uh, bigger back, kind of different than Dylan Sampson, Jabari Small, Jalen Wright. Uh, somebody that can run between the tackles and um, get you some of those short yardage or go on situations. So, yeah, I like the running backs, but I also agree with you, Caleb. Edge rushers got to be up there. And you had two guys like that. Are you talking? So are you talking groups with the addition now? So overall on the team, or just strictly from this this class? Strictly from the class. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'd probably have to go with that, that edge position. Just like you know, a little mix of what both of you said. I mean, running backs. It's a valid point, but I feel like with how busy it is back there, and in terms of, but then I can't technically count that in. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like the edge position is just a little bit more, you know, desired at least in my opinion right now. Obviously, like mm-hmm. we had. You know, losing some positions there, it's just going to be important to feel. I don't know. That's just that's, that's what I'm feeling. Biggest question mark. Let, let's go the team now. Like biggest question mark with position group. I, I still got to go linebackers. <laughs> I, I don't think it's really. It was addressed in this class, but I, I feel like it's kind of. You know, you didn't get a Tyree West as a linebacker. You, you didn't get, like, a guy of that talent. Maybe these guys turn into it. Maybe they develop into it. But um, I just feel like you could use a lot more. A guy from the portal would be huge. Um, you know, maybe in February you try to go get you a, another linebacker in this class. Um, yeah, I just think with, with the team, what you had last year, I, I think those three linebackers were – three of your lowest rated defensive players on the team. So you definitely want to increase that. And, um, you know, I still think there's work to be done at that position. No, I, if, if you're just looking at the team in landscape, like question mark for – I think linebackers is very, very easy. Um, there's just so – I mean, you did pretty good, but you, you just need – you need depth still. Um, I mean, hopefully you, you've addressed the, some of the talent gap, but um, they are going to be freshmen. So, I'll, you know, you got to get at least one linebacker in the portal, right, and, and hope he's better than Mitchell. Yeah, for sure. Or more impactful, at least. Um, I mean, I, I think you need a guy in the portal that's better than one of the two starting. I, I mean, I, I just don't, don't – entirely disagree. I, I just don't think 
yeah, you got serviceable linebacker play, but to you know what what are we trying to do? We're trying to catch up to Alabama and Georgia. You're not going to catch up with the way that those guys played last season. Sorry, but that's the way right. that it is. My question, Mark, though, I'll give you linebackers. Special teams, man. What the heck? Not a long snapper? Not a kicker? <laughs> not a punter? We don't even have a holder signed. This is garbage. <laughs> I agree. Let them eat. Yes, and Mike Eckler, he signed somebody. Somebody's somebody's he's got some returners. He's got some farts in the skillet in this class. I'll say that. I sure hope so. That return game wasn't great last year. So no, it was Bayless Jones I'll take came that back. on. I'll tell you about yeah. it. Bayless had a few kickoffs. It just felt like they were either really good or like really average. <laughs> there was yeah, outside but, of the um the fumble against uh Ole Miss. Pitt, Ole Miss. Um, it was a close game. Uh, outside of that, there were no real blunders. Like that was only one, really, right? Yeah. Was it Ole Miss? Now that I'm, am I... we we, I think, I think we fumbled. Right. So we yeah, blocked but... a kick during Pitt. We lost okay. the fumble at Ole Miss. That that's that's what I'm thinking of. Like no real. That's the only blunder. And then mm-hmm. he had a few explosive. It just felt very average. <laughs> yeah. He was she first team a... All SEC as a returner, but. Um, Did he have, he had just one punt return for a touchdown this year? Is that right? He had a kickoff, right? He had a kickoff. I thought he had a punt too against like Tech or something. He, like he had a big punt return against South Alabama. It didn't go for a touchdown, but he returned it pretty far. Gotcha. Um, against South Alabama, right? Oh, the kick. The kick. Yeah, so he had both. Yeah, he, he had a big punt return and he had the kick return against. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's kind of all I got for Spurlers. I, I thought that was just something interesting to do, kind of break down this class a little bit more. But uh, yeah, super satisfied. Again, top fifteen consensus. Um, you know, across all the people that cover recruiting. So I think on three is kind of the newer one. So I don't know how much I really put into it yet. But Chad is it going into the composite now? I do, I don't. Th- think so i think they have their own composite okay gotcha um no but it's chad simmons it's the same guy who did um rivals okay i didn't know that interesting wait so rivals who's doing the players stuff i don't know what they call it at vanderbilt was he involved with was he involved with rivals or 247 okay chad simmons did 247 barton simmons did rivals or, or was Martin's it the other way around? If one of those two guys did, <laughs> yes. I, I got to look it up. <laughs> I love that. Um, I didn't roll. I got it. Okay. Yeah, so right, Martin Simmons was Robles. Chad Simmons was 247. Gotcha. Okay. Answers my question. Yeah, he did have a kickoff return for touchdown. Not a punt. That's yeah. right. Martin Simmons is about to come up in my what's trending. Um, oh. well, let, let's flip over let's... to basketball real quick. Um, kind of getting the the end of this episode. So, um, Tennessee took on South Carolina Upstate. South Carolina Upstate was just very undermatched, just not a great basketball team. And Tennessee took advantage and won by 44 points. I think that's the third 40-point win we've had this season. So, Hey, we light it up against terrible teams. I'll tell yep. you that. And then blow it again. 
Club parking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully that changes this weekend. That was. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to continue on that trend. That was. Uh, it was. I mean, the good news is I feel like you can either have a real like I feel like coming off a loss like that, especially where you shot so poorly, it could go opposite where you lose in either bad fashion or in a close game to South Carolina Upstate. So you avoided that. I'll give credit yeah. there. Yeah. Um. I mean, like Olivier had a had a really good game. Kenny Chandler had a double double. I just need, I just need them to put it together against you know Joe kind of mentioned against teams that matter. Right. Villanova didn't play great. Texas Tech didn't play great. You played good against North Carolina. Um, you know, didn't get a uh, Kenny Chandler just kind of beat Colorado by himself. Um, <laughs> True. I, I need I need them to show up against this Memphis team. I, I don't want to lose to Penny Hardaway. I think that would really, you know, suck the wind out of my excitement for Tennessee basketball if we lost to this Memphis team. I know they beat Alabama. They seem like they get up for every big game, which, you know, that's a sign of a terrible ran program. <laughs> but, I mean, like that – you just can't lose. It's a game you got to win. It's important. Oh, it's very important, especially because you mentioned, like, not that you you played in a couple good games, but your two biggest games so far you've lost. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why was I thinking Texas Tech was ranked? Okay, so that's not entirely true. Um, but, I mean, you're important out of conference games. Two of them you've lost. Two of them yeah. you've won. Split those. Um, so, yeah, this is another – you have two more out of conference games. Both of them are huge. This one, like you said, Memphis – not what sucks is like, like they're not a great basketball team, but they've got a they've got a ton of talent, and right. if that talent comes out, they're in trouble. So, yeah, I mean they they played out of their minds against Alabama, um, just kind of shot the lots out. Alabama didn't shoot well, and uh, I mean they're only eight for twenty three, but they shot fifty three percent. They got some big guys, which I think is is worrisome if you're a Tennessee fan because you just haven't got a lot out of your post players in big games. Um, Texas Tech didn't show up. Villanova didn't show up. Didn't have a great game against North Carolina. Um, you know, didn't have a great game against Colorado. I, ne- I need them to show up. I know Fulgerson has had a few decent games. But, Olivier, if you can score 21 and 8 against USC Upstate, I need to see more of you, more out of you <laughs> against a, a Memphis team. Um, you know, I think this is a huge game for our post players. I mentioned Memphis does have does have size, so um, I mean, this is a game that kind of rests on their shoulders. I think our guards are going to be good enough to to win, but I think the difference maker with this team the rest of the season comes down to our post players. Uh, yeah, no, I I certainly agree with that. And I, I, it's encouraging to see Olivier playing better. Like you said, we just got to play better in the big games. I mean, that, and that's the team in general. Um, but Olivier, is, you, you've kind of seen him. It's kind of become a trend this season. Um, now, I guess probably because he's a starter, you're seeing more of him. But got to have him out for the, you know, up for this big game. And I think – I hate to talk about – I'll say it this way. Brandon Hunley Hatfield needs to see the floor more. And for a specific person – for I think for this Tennessee team to be successful, yeah. And I, I guess he did the other night, didn't he? Yeah, he had 19 points, or not 19. I wish he had 19 points. 19, 19 minutes. <laughs> so I mean, like, 
maybe Rick Barnes is listening and, you know, I, you can slowly see the transition from Euros is getting less minutes and Huntley Hatfield's getting more, but what did he do in those 19 minutes? I mean, he went three for seven, six points. It wasn't like a great force down low, you know, it wasn't, I mean, uh, you know. Eight rebounds. I mean, which is great. Rebounds are great, but it's, it comes down to, you know, it will, like one one thing is I feel like if I know Rick Barnes in this in this team, what Tennessee typically does is I, I really hope the Texas Tech game was even though it should have been a kick in the ass at halftime and they should have came out and, and and you know changed it and fixed it up. I feel like they definitely needed to take that game when you were six or forty as a kind of wake up call and you know attack that in practice and say okay, so we're going to learn some new shot selections and just take smarter shots. Which uh, granted we haven't you know, had a big team. I think Memphis will be somewhere we can see that, but you can see that they're kind of shifting away from taking, you know, stupid threes. I mean, I didn't get to see the actual game live, but when I watched the the replay back, it seemed like the better shot selection and then taking the extra minutes and I'll say, even though I'm wide open and could shoot this three or at least minimal coverage, let's make the smarter option and try to get down low, try to get points and paid mid range shots, which is just, that's what I want to say. I, yeah, the, thing I, hate, the thing I hate about our post players, and, and all of them are guilty of this, it feels like it feels like the, the paint is a black hole. Like if that ball goes in there, it is not coming back out. Yeah. Um, and that was great in the Grant Williams era when he could score at will. Um, but you don't have that anymore. And, and I think you going back to your point, Joe, and smarter shot selection. I know this isn't, you know, 10 footers, 15 footers, but if you if if you can have some kind of threat down low. And and penetrate and create you like you do, you do your guards a ton of help by giving easier shot selection. Um, if they know the ball is going down low and it's 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 getting shot or stolen, um, it your guards aren't being helped out in times when when you could be when they could be creating shots. Um, so that's all, that's the only thing I hate about our post play. And then that I mean that's got to improve. It, it shouldn't be a thing. Uh, I'm not going to keep. I'm not going to keep track. That feels like a lot of work. Someone maybe that's listening, keep track. See how often the ball touches the paint in a post player's hands and is either – it's either a point, um, miss shot, or a, a steal, a turnover. It, it's yeah, I, mean, I would love to see the percentage on that. I'm sure it's it'd be a little disappointing because that is something I've noticed that when it gets down there, it's like – I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if they just aren't sure who's – you don't have that – and Fulkerson doesn't seem as confident taking that turnaround jumper or trying to work like a little post hook shot up into the, off the backboard. It's like no one's really sure that they're going to take that shot, so they freak out. They don't pass it back out, and it's a turnover. It's a bad layup. It's a couple air balls or hit the bottom of the backboard or something. Yeah, it just seems – it seems very difficult for a post to score. Like if they do score, it's like, holy crap, that was an incredible shot. Right. Like it just seems like nothing easy is coming from our post players. Um, yeah, and that's got to change. I, I do think one thing that um, kind of goes Tennessee's way in this game is Memphis seems like a team that will implode very quickly. Um, so this kind of nasty defense that we have going on where we're kind of smothering teams, I think that leads to a lot of turnover, especially with, you know, Memphis. They have Imani Bates. They have uh, Duran, who uh, are, are like two of the youngest players in college basketball. And um, – you know, Amani Bates had three turnovers the other night. He's not even their primary ball handler. He only played 15 minutes. So, you get some of these guys and, you know, you're smothering them. You're kind of getting under their skin. You know, I think this team does kind of implode. I mean, that's – this team should have never lost four games in a, in a row to Georgia, Ole Miss, 
Iowa State and, and Murray State. You know, this team that Memphis team has the talent to beat every single one of those teams. Um, but they kind of implode at the first sign of weakness. And uh they were up against Alabama and they just kept it rolling. Uh, but if Alabama would have probably knocked down a couple of those threes early on in the game, you know, that game probably is, is a very different outcome. Yeah. I mean, the the big thing, like, I, from from my spot, I look at it as, like, if if we're just looking at the matchup, straight skill, not regarding the, the past two games, three games, or whatever, Tennessee versus Memphis. Tennessee, obviously, like, I, not even orange goggles, but Tennessee wins that game. Um, but you've got the tails all this time. you got a team that, you know, maybe wasn't playing so well, but just had a really hot game against a, a good team and kind of seems like they may have clicked. And then on the other side, you got the team that's fallen in the rankings that was supposed to be better and seems to be slipping a little bit. So it's, do you ride with the team that seems to maybe have clicked or maybe they got a lucky break or do you take Tennessee in this position that do they get connected and do they figure it out on their side of the ball or do they stay? So it's just, it's one of those things. I'm obviously going to side with Tennessee here, but I feel like that's just the natural pick anyway. I don't, I, I think, I don't, I'm not too, I'm just not scared as most people would about how Memphis played against Alabama. Cause as you said, they, they, they should implode. And I would, I would hope that Tennessee can exploit those, those weaknesses that we've seen them play in some different games this year. Let's raid the Capitol and beat Memphis. That, that would be awesome to see. I think it'd be awesome for this program. Cause then it's, I mean, it, after this game, it's right back to work. You got Alabama, um, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Arizona, then Alabama. Then I mean, you start that SEC slate. Who, you know, they got a really a lot of really good teams in the SEC. So it doesn't get any easier from here. Uh, but definitely want to get a win in, in that neutral neutral side game um, in Nashville against the team that we just don't like. Yeah. What's trending? What's trending? Let's hit it. Um, first thing I got, I, I want to mention the um, – so I heard this rumor today, and I don't know if it's true, but I'm going to mention it. Nancy Reagan? So apparently – You have to state it like it's fact. Like you okay. just have to so Darren Agu um, officially visited Tennessee two weeks ago. He was a Vanderbilt commit, committed to Clark Lee early, was committed to Clark Lee at um, Notre Dame before he left. Um, so he was at – so he took the official visit to Tennessee. It looks like he was turning to Tennessee. Then he um, officially visits Vanderbilt for that last official visit. Seems like everything was going fine. And then he made the decision to stick with Vanderbilt. So the rumor is that his teammate is also a Vanderbilt commit. And Barton Simmons and Clark Lee – said that they would not take his teammates' commitment if he signed elsewhere. <laughs> There's no way that's true. I don't know, man. There's – I mean, that's absurd. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's true. Yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully it come it's out, but <laughs> Yeah, hopefully it's Yeah, not, I mean, but... that would be terrible, but it would also be hilarious. You're right. Also, like, dude, if that's my buddy, I'm like, sorry, dude. I ain't playing in front of nobody. I would just simply call another school and say, hey, let him come as a preferred walk-on, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> That's insane. Um, my first one's along the lines of just disaster coaches. Or man. 
Our man, yeah. Urban Meyer. Yep. Urban. He's become a he's become a favorite uh, on this podcast. He's I mean, this is about to become the Urban Meyer show, which by the way would be a fantastic show. Zach Smith is the host. Um, it would be awesome. <laughs> but I, I don't know when this story trended. I, I don't know when it hit. I think it was before last week or after last week, after last Thursday. The story about him calling his assistant coaches losers. Like he apparently went around the room and was like, "Tell me why you're a lo- like, or tell me why you're not a winner or something like that." And he was like, "Yeah, you're a loser. I'm not a loser." <laughs> and then it comes out that he also apparently I text Landon this. <laughs> I meant to open the show like this. I've I podcasted with better hosts back at Bowling Green. He apparently, just said that to his assistant that he's coached with better coaches at Bowling Green. And then he's going around just kicking kickers. Is that this man's insane? Yeah, he said he, I, mean, he kicked, I think he kicked him and then said, "Well, he was like, I'm the I'm the head ball coach around here. I'll kick whoever the f I want or something like that." And I was like, "Yeah, that's a great environment. It's not toxic at all." It's, yeah, I, I he, get, if well, he, he doesn't. Kicks me, I'm giving him a heart problem. He doesn't call his special teams players by their names. He calls them kicker, punter, and holder. <laughs> I miss every football for that man. Every football. <laughs> I mean, he's got to be one of the worst. Head coaches in NFL history. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Um, so he's got to be up there. To him, he made and history this season. Yeah. Did anything yeah. like the news broke last night at midnight, and then I feel like it's been very quiet on that front. I think everyone saw it coming. Basically, is what it came down to. <laughs> I mean, he like, looked like a dead man walking. In the no, that's fair. I mean, that's, but he, I just feel was, like more would come out about the firing. Like all of these reports that I just read off. While I'm stating them as fact, they but fact from an unconfirmed source is the fact I'm stating it. It is factually from an un, unnamed source. Um, and to like, I don't even know if the people are credible. I'm just except for the Josh Lambeau thing that was like apparently he's suing. Um, but no, it's just in, it, I felt like there would be more implode. But yes, you're right. He was a dead man walking. He was on his way out. Everyone was just like counting down the days. Well, you it can just, tell. I was hoping more would happen. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely on that page where I was like, damn, I really wanted like some sort of Hollywood act or something. Just <laughs> one final goodbye, which I mean, I guess the whole thing has been. But um, you could tell he's like kind of in that just transparent mode. I don't know if I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but someone asked him in a press conference or maybe it was privately or something about I don't remember what player it was, but they were basically saying, you know, is he going to is he seeing any more minutes or like what's the deal with him on the field? And basically his response was, yeah, he got a couple minutes uh, last week, whatever. We're working him back into the rotation. Turns out the guy didn't even like play. Like he got zero minutes. Like he was just BSing during the interview. Didn't didn't <laughs> recognize the guy's name. Like who he was. So like it's just I don't know what's going on back there, but maybe he does have like some serious health issues. <laughs> well, his daughter's going bad for him on Twitter and Instagram. She's posted like twenty posts, just like this is the most loving like pictures from like twenty fifteen, where it's like okay, it's kind of irrelevant at this point, but. Just oh, like he was a loving dad. That's yeah. It's like a picture of him hugging her. I'm like, good. There's a lot of loving dads. I would make terrible football coaches. <laughs> I mean, he's also hugging a girl at a bar. So I mean, yeah, I'm a lot not, more than hugging. Yeah, I, I mean, he was freaking molesting. Elbow. Deep. I love the first. Like, okay, the first scandal comes out, and you're like, I mean, he's a great father. And it's like, all right, cool. He still seems to be a scumbag, but okay, I get it. You didn't know. He's just your father to you. But like the eighth one comes out, you can't just be like, I mean, he's a great father. He would never do this. No, he's a scumbag. <laughs> he yeah. might treat you good, and I'm happy. That's good. But he's a scumbag outside the house. Yeah, man. Call a spade a spade. He's a POS. 
Yeah. For sure. It could have it couldn't happen to a better guy. I mean, <laughs> right. take a shot in the NFL and become the one of the worst NFL after being probably I mean, let's let's be real. He was probably one of the better like he's one of the best college football coaches. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, he, he is up there. I'll give him that. And, and, I mean, can you blame the guy, Landon? What would you rather do? Get grinded on by a hot blonde in a bar in Columbus or fly back to Jacksonville with the Jaguars? That's oh, no, I agree. I have no clue why he took this job. <laughs> Enjoy retirement, man. Just chill out. No, he's, yeah, he's off the leash now. Like, I am I want to see all the videos of him at bars now. I want to see him just I up. Mean, and, that's, wasn't there a video that's my next of him? question. You, like, so he gets fired last night. He's not sleeping in Jacksonville. No, he calls he's like, he's like, hey, can you watch the grandkids? I'm, I'm flying to Columbus tonight. Yeah, he's doing a video on his yacht. You remember that a couple years ago? Oh, my God. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean. That dude ripping the ball in the background. Yeah, like why in the <laughs> hell would he take that job anyway? It's incredibly stupid. Have you have you like listened to that video? Did, did Trevor Lawrence beat? Ohio State is that what was that his plan just to like get back at Trevor Lawrence? I don't. Did he beat Ohio State? I guess he did. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I watched that game at Tommy Trent's. Yeah, or was that yeah, Oklahoma? That's, that's awesome. Overtime. Did it go to overtime? Yeah, that was that was that would have been Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Just, it, it definitely would have been Trevor Lawrence. I just couldn't remember. Like, guess what? I'm going to Jacksonville. We're drafting Trevor Lawrence, and I'm going to tank this whole. Ship. I don't. I don't know. Like it's just that a weirdest. Have sunk. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Maybe there's some. Sort I, of I don't weird. know why any. I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. But why would? Oh, you, Ohio State why would you him. choose Ohio State beat him? Yeah. Oh, was that the year they won the Natty? Who beat? Who upset? Is that 2018? Deshaun Watson beat Ohio State in 2016. Uh, mm. Is that what it is? I'm just remembering like a pretty significant Clemson upset over Ohio State that made some of my Ohio State people quite upset. So it was a, it was a 2018 season, 2019 playoff. Or, or oh, no, maybe Clemson it did was beat them. Clemson did beat them. I don't know what that. <laughs> I thought they did, and it was it wasn't overtime. It was just a really close game. Yeah, I don't know what article that was. Maybe he uh, couldn't he couldn't ever get past Saban in college, so he tried to like outdo him in the NFL. Because Saban didn't have a great NFL coaching career either. No, he wasn't. I think, I think he thought the job would be a lot easier. Getting a franchise quarterback right off the rip. That and you know that's just like you hear that all the time. It's like that guy doesn't want to coach in 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 uh, college. It's so much recruiting and like there's so much more time dedicated to it. Blah blah blah. You know that where it makes the college job sound harder. But there's so much like the game. The game is harder at the next level. Oh yeah. So yeah, you don't have the same like time commitment in May that you normally would. But so I, th- I think he legitimately thought he was that good of coach. The job's easier. This is where I'm going. And that was a and ter- terrible decision and thought. But I think yeah. he thought it'd be easy for him. I really do. I think he's that cocky. Good for him. Well, there's also that part of an NFL head coach that, I mean, it's kind of the same in college, but at least in college you can – it's more of – less Kind of get to choose who's on your team. Right. Well, yeah, and it's like once you get to the NFL and it's actually a business, you kind of have to be like – kind of have to stand up and like – it's not not be as involved as much, but just like kind of shut up a little bit, like not be as – just make the, make the typical smart business decisions that one would say that, you know, 
keeps you with the players and whatever. Like you work with the organization. I mean, it's the Jaguars. You didn't have to go and get a 10 win season. You needed to stick three or four wins in there. And it's like, okay, I can stick around for another year. Keep your mouth closed and you're fine. And it's like just something you couldn't do. So, I mean, yeah, he definitely didn't have the personality for that job. Enjoy the retirement. So, yeah, I mean, you like, haven't got to hear jagging off a lot since he got there. It's kind of upsetting. Oh, well, he didn't have to. <laughs> He's doing it himself. He had a girl. Yeah, he had a girl do it for him. No, he didn't have to do it himself. He had that blonde. Um, my next thing is uh, Shane Beamer and uh, I guess a a Maryland signee. Did y'all see this? Like ten minutes. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) you're good. I didn't have the microphones on. I thought I turned it off. (laughs) We got to wrap it up in ten minutes. We don't have to. That's an arbitrary time. We're good. That was just like a. Yeah, I'll be there in a minute, kind of thing. Um, So, four-star linebacker Jay Sean Barham um, signed with Maryland on Wednesday, six days after he committed to Shane Beamer. And apparently, Shane Beamer found out 10 minutes after the kid committed that his plan the whole time was to flip his commitment on Wednesday to Maryland. Kids from Maryland, so I know it's hard to get kids out of the DMV. Um but yeah, apparently Shane Bieber got a call like ten minutes after the kid had committed to him, and said, like, apparently he knew the situation. He was like, "Hey, uh, so this kid's whole plan is to flip on Wednesday." So Shane Bieber was like, "Yeah, as soon as it happened, I wasn't surprised." That's dysfunctional. I like it. Yeah, that makes me happy. Very weird. Um, I'm ashamed. Also, oh, I got that stupidity. It's fine. Um, you got any more? What's trending? Yeah, I got like a, a a little slew of things that like just touch on one. Um, I hope that like a good amount of college basketball games are having to get canceled and rescheduled and stuff with COVID and stuff. So I'm knocking on wood now, clearing it out. I refuse to start going back downhill with this. We're having March Madness. We're not doing no fans. No. So Joe, Joe decided I'm shutting it down. That's covered. We're good. Um, <laughs> but earlier, uh, Kenneth Walker announced, obviously, he's not going to be in the Peach Bowl. But Kenny Pickett just announced also that he's not going to be playing in the Peach Bowl and going to be focusing on whatever he needs to focus on. So that game's going to be slightly less enjoyable to watch, I guess. Oh, I, don't know, I don't even know who's behind him at Pitt. That would, I don't know what that's – I don't know. I figured you'd write it out, but whatever he wants to do. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, let's take the under. <laughs> yeah. We're tired from betting, though. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's true. I forgot. And then. You haven't made it back yet? What's that? You haven't made it back yet? No, and I actually feel really like good about it. Like, I hear my buddies are here in my ear. Oh, dude, I should have, shouldn't have bet the uh, under on this game, whatever, Chiefs on this. And I'm like, you're just losing money. Like, maybe I would be winning in the short term, but I feel good because. Yeah. Just got a little extra Christmas money, uh, Christmas gift money. So just okay. spreading joy. Uh, my last yeah. one, I don't know if you saw it, but I saw it. I saw it on two different Twitter accounts and just thought it was like, for some reason, like a typical meme troll thing. But the two Brazilian politicians, did you see that? Uh-uh. So I guess Brazil is a weird place, whatever, but there was some sort of dispute over a, a water park with an ex-mayor of a, of a city and the new one or something. Basically, they basically were talking their trash the whole time until 
they they staged like an actual fight, like an MMA like thirteen minute three round fight. And okay. if you go watch it, like in like all one hundred eighty pixels, it's like grainy as all ever. But it's just like two politicians dudes stripped down to their shorts, just going at each other. And I like it. I think we nice. should do that more often. You're like a gentleman's agreement. Like, hey, you know, we're gonna fight it out, and whoever wins, you know, no right. hard feelings. That's we just work it out that way. That's how the I, I want to see the next. I want to see that built into the next presidential debate a little bit. Like, I want to let's start selling some tickets. Yeah, let's do it. I would love to see that. That'd be awesome. Um, any more? I don't. I don't have any more. Good. Um, stupidity. Got some of those. Um, first one I got is ESPN recruiting. I mean, they're so bad at everything they do anyway. Um, I mean, no one really watches ESPN unless there's a game on. Because the the shows are stupid, you know. You got everybody with hot takes, and you know it's just it's just absolute trash. I, I went on there, I was watching uh, First Take, and they had um, Tim Tebow and Stephen A. Smith and Sam Macho talking about the new coaches in college football. Well, Tim Tebow, of course, like he only has one octave, and that's yelling as loud as he can when he talks. Um, so that was annoying. And then Sam Ocho, his hot take was the best coach is um, Freeman at Notre Dame. That was the best coaching hire so far. Yeah. Even though guys, the guy's no head coaching experience. Um, has not – I mean, he's a young guy. He's not really been up for a ton of jobs. And he was – you know, he went on and on and how he was saying that uh, Notre Dame – has the best has a better chance than Lincoln Rally at USC to win a national championship. I feel like with ESPN, it's just they're like such like the flagship name, but they're the ones that no one really goes to for that stuff anyway. Like it's kind of oh, like yeah. what, like it's just I'm not gonna get all my sources from ESPN. Yeah, I'll go look at scores and like game stats, and that's literally it. Like I'm yeah. not yeah, same like you're saying recruiting. No, yeah, I but they it. have Tennessee as the number twenty two overall class um i mean they just don't update it I, it looks like everything else is probably close except for tennessee i mean rivals we have the number 11 class espn has us as the number 22 class i don't know what we did to piss espn off but i mean that's just a very that's just off like no one else has even remotely close to 22 Yeah. Sorry, my boss just sent me that, so I had to read it. That's fair. A little shout-out. Yeah, a little shout-out. Um, my next one is Mike Farrell. He is a, he wrote an article on Rivals saying, Spencer Rattler immediately becomes the best quarterback in the SEC East. He says fact, um, and then he goes on to mention, like, every quarterback in the East besides – Hennon Hooker right. doesn't even mention him. He go, he mentions Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Um, uh, he mentions Georgia, but he does not mention Hennon Hooker. I'm like, dude, even if you think Spencer Rattler is better than Hennon Hooker, which I think that's a hot take, you, you don't even mention that he's up there. You think Will Levis is better than Hennon Hooker? Did you even watch college football last year? Yeah, no, I, I don't know if he just didn't catch the memo that Hen Hooker is coming back or if he's just losing brain cells, but that's that's pretty odd. I mean, 
I'm not. I mean, Spencer Rattler's obviously young, so I'm not going to like compare him and Hendon Hooker like stat for stat. Can't even do that. But if you look at what Spencer Rattler was doing and got himself in the position where he's now even there at South Carolina, like that's 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 outrageous. But again, that's probably one of those things that we talk about. He just wants to get wants to get the clicks or something because that's yeah. I mean, he hates he has me block. He hates Tennessee fans because we roast him every time Trey Smith does something good in the NFL. So, oh well, hate to see it. People are scared of the truth. Yeah. So, wait. So, I, I just came in on the back end of this. So, Spencer Rattler to USC. I mean, it's obviously not a great move. But, I mean. He got, he got the wrong USC is what happened. <laughs> that's a good point. That way he wanted to play for Lincoln again. No. No. No way. But it's just, I mean, I don't. I think every, like, I didn't want him to Tennessee because, I'm, I mean, usually, you know, you don't get character stuff like that he's gotten wrong um, and just magically fix it. But. I do believe like there's something to just like sometimes the place is wrong. I said this, you know, um, about guys like Kenan Hooker and Joe Milton when they transferred in. And I said, maybe for JG, obviously it's not always the case. I could see Spencer. I mean, Spencer Rattler's really talented, so I could see it happening. I hate that, but I know the chances of it. Very yeah. Well. I, I, that was actually my stupidity was um, Mike Farrell at, at rivals tweeting an article saying Spencer Rattler is, are, is already the best quarterback in the SEC East. Okay, that's dumb. And then mentions every – like Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, he mentions George. He doesn't mention who the quarterback was and does not mention Hendon Hooker at all. He's not even better than George's quarterback, whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, good, good Lord. Lord. Uh, did anybody mention Dabo for their stupidity? Oh, no. no. Oh, yeah. Um, he had a good quote. I didn't read the article. I don't read articles. Um Unless it's Wikipedia. He said, it's chaos right now. Tampering galore. Adults manipulating young men. Education is like the last thing now. Is that quote from this year or is it from 2003? Because I can't tell the difference. (laughs) I mean, hasn't he – didn't he say he was going to quit anyway? Why is he not just quit? Apparently, that's not what he meant, Landon. (laughs) Good Lord. I know. It's so annoying. I mean, he got – Clemson doesn't cheat. Okay. Clemson, there haven't been adults manipulating young men for since college football's inception. Okay. Me and Whatever. Joe said it, um, I think, last week that this is the downfall of Clemson. I hope losing, so. Losing Venables. You know, they're already losing recruits. They haven't lost recruits in a long time. Um, they ain't got it figured out at quarterback. They ain't got it figured out on offense at all. And, you know, it just seems like a – I wouldn't say dumpster fire, but it doesn't seem great. In a, it's not it's not dumpster fire yet. The yeah, gas getting there. It's I can't there. wait. I can't wait. I, I feel just, like I, I mean I love to see this happen. To other teams, it's just nice. I, I love yeah, it. I mean we we said paying players would kind of be the end because Dabo's. How can you go play the guy when he's like openly said you shouldn't make money? Like how can you confidently think you're going to get in a lot of deals there? Oh yeah, and then. And then losing Elliott and Venables, like that's that's a lot of punches to take one time for Clemson. Well, dude, how big of an idiot does Elliott look not taking a job last season and then having the offensive output he had this season? <laughs> that's that's a good point. The contract may have been a little bit bigger last year. Yeah, good point. I'm uh I'm gonna go with Shocker. I mean, maybe not as much, but Joe Buck. This is this is Fred fresh. I, th- I thought you were going presidential there. 
yeah, we're gonna get into that that realm. Um, <laughs> but I this is like just happened, like just came across my Twitter feed. But so I guess the is it, is it charger is cheap. Yeah, that's charger. That's a um, dude got bad spinal neck injury, spear tackle, whatever it was, and was on the ground like seizing, like actually like shaking. And Joe Buck, I don't know if it was like a joke or if he's just actually that stupid because they are in a dome. They're in they're in lo-fi. Um or where what's the charters again? So far. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Same shit. Um he, he he makes the comment, I think uh I wouldn't speculate on an injury, but it's pretty cold outside. Is out like assuming that he's just shivering from the cold. Apparently I'm like <laughs> no he's ruined on Twitter. No like, dude, take go to straight to the neck, start seizing, and he's like, Oh, well, it is a little cold outside. That's probably why that's happening. <laughs> Like, good lord. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to like make it G rated for the kids at home. He's like, I don't want to see yeah, kids. That's, that. <laughs> that's what that's he needs to say. That's mom. Only, that's easily the coldest take. Slash like, was, ever. He's like, I was putting a sensor bar on it. Okay. Yeah. I can't do all, I can't do everything. Yeah. It's the earmuffs. Oh, Jeez. God. Well, guys, anything else? That's all I had. That's it. Be excited, but not hopeful. That's my only advice. Yeah. yeah, be excited, love it. Um, hopefully, we're we're loving a, a win in Nashville. Um, just getting the Nashville people ready for another win here in a few weeks against Purdue. Yes, yeah. Um, that's what we're trying to do this week. Um, enjoy the billboards if you see them in the big cities: Knoxville, Chattanooga, um, Nashville, Memphis, um, Atlanta, the the state in or the city in Tennessee, Atlanta. Not Don't Georgia. mess with that. We do. We do have a Paris that has an Eiffel Tower. I'm sure we got a. We got a Columbia. We got a Jackson. We also have a Milan. Do we? Not to be confused with Milan. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, check us out. We'll have uh, you know, more tweets, more stuff for y'all to interact with uh, this week. Um. Get ready for Christmas. It's coming up fast. I need to do more shopping. So if y'all haven't done that, do it. We're bringing the boat in and we out.